Hi, Lale here. Before we kick off this week's episode, I wanted to announce some pretty big news. The Women Who Travel platform is nominated for a Webby Award. From our meetups and Facebook group to online features and this very podcast, none of it would have happened without you, our incredible community. And we'd love it if you could take two minutes to vote for us in the lifestyle category. The People's Voice vote is now open and you have until May 7th to vote. Just check this episode's show notes for the link. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Women Who Travel, a podcast from Condé Nast Traveller. I'm Lale Arikogbu, and with me, as always, is my co-host Meredith Carey. Hi, everyone. This week, we're chatting with comedian and actress Catherine Cohen, who, when she's not performing all over the US, can usually be found hosting her weekly show, Cabernet Cabaret, at New York City's Club Coming in the East Village. Of course, she's holed up at home like the rest of us right now. But that hasn't stopped her from live streaming her performances on Instagram Live to help us get through our quarantines. Thank you for joining us. Oh my God, Ah, what an intro. I'm honored to join you. Oh my God, we're honored to have you on. When we first decided that we wanted to get you on the podcast, it was because we were fascinated with what life as a touring comedian must be like. But obviously, like Lale said, you know, staying at home um, means that events like comedy shows are kind of on hold, obviously taking a new form. Um, How have you been adjusting to living in quarantine? Yeah, I mean, my life is so, so glamorous normally. Um, (laughs) No, obviously, this sucks so bad. (laughs) I'm in psychic pain. Um, I'm literally so extroverted. I'm dying to get in front of a crowd. So because I'm addicted to attention, I've been streaming uh, yeah, every Wednesday night from the privacy of my own living room, uh, my show and having like fun guests on. But yeah, it sucks. I had I've been the it's so funny, like February, G- February, and March, I was traveling so much that I literally was like, I would pay $10 million just sit in my apartment for three days and order takeout. And then this happened. And I was like, okay, did I literally trigger coronavirus? <laughs> did I manifest it? Uh, I don't think I did, but it's been a huge shift. I mean, I was uh, in London doing shows when Trump made like the travel announcement. And so I had to cancel like three of my gigs and fly home immediately. And then I was supposed to be touring Australia right or right now. I guess I'm almost done. And that's not happening, obviously. So it sucks. How are y'all doing? Hanging on in there. I mean, I think... We didn't have plans to tour Australia, but I think <laughs> you never know, girl. You never know. <laughs> exactly, <Australia> the, <laughs> the opportunity is always there, and I think you know, yeah, it really sucks. And I think we've been one thing we've been wrestling with, um, which we've talked about a bit on the podcast already, is that like we have an understanding, obviously, that like things could be much worse for us, and like a lot of people are struggling with things that are much more terrible and scary than we are. Like I'm just holed up in my apartment in Brooklyn. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I'm very sad. And I'm sad about the things that I can't do and the places that I can't travel. And I think the irony was we were also last year complaining about how we just wanted to have a weekend on our couches. I know. And now every day is a weekend on my couch. (laughs) I know. It's hell. My life is literally perfect and I still find a way to complain. It's really remarkable. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how resourceful we are. When it comes I to know, right? We can always find something. Um, but when it comes to that touring that you were doing up until six weeks ago or whatever, kind of what, what 
give us a little bit of insight into what that life is like. You know, what was London like? What's, what's hopping between countries and cultures um, delivering your comedy to these like different audiences? Oh my God, it's absolute heaven. It's so fun. Yeah, I, I, London's my favorite place to travel and do shows. And I have lots of fun comedian friends over there. So that's I always look forward to that. Um, in general, the traveling is difficult and exhausting because I sing for most of my act. And so I have to take really good care of my voice and make sure I don't get sick, LOL. So I'm constantly like downing raw garlic and ginger and lemon juice and trying to sleep a zillion hours and that's really hard with the travel but it's kind of funny now everyone's freaking out about being healthy and I'm like I've been a hypochondriac for years so uh <laughs> it's all good you're like you think these gloves are new <laughs> yeah exactly I know it's really um I've upped my game but I already kind of had all the crazy shit I needed when this went down what is your like routine in fitting all of that sleep in when you're jet lagged in making sure you're taking care of your voice and yourself what does that what does that look like yeah, sometimes if I'm not feeling good, it just looks like canceling like seven things in a row in, and just spending the day in my bed if possible and like telling my therapist I can't come to therapy. I have to do it on the phone. And she's like, you really need to come in. And I'm like, you don't know me, bitch. And she's like, yes, I do. You tell me everything about your life. Yeah, it's tough. It's like, oh, sometimes it means just like taking a Xanax and trying to pass out at 8 p.m. <laughs> Is this good? <laughs> Is this healthy and encouraging? Um, I don't know. It's also like sometimes like I have really bad anxiety. Can you imagine? And so sometimes it's about just like me having to let go of reali realizing things I can't control. Like if I get enough sleep and if I get sick and just like, you know, being like, okay, you know, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be, but it's hard for me to not want to control everything. Well, and it's hard when you have, I, ma I imagine it's hard when you have the pace of kind of like being in a different place every night or every few nights and actually having very little to control over that schedule. Like it's all sort of planned out. Yeah. I think if I didn't have to sing, I'd be a lot more relaxed, but I've had like some vocal health issues in the past. So I have to just be pretty vigilant. I have like a little personal steamer I bring. I have like these little this straw I do little exercises with. I'm always like warming up in bathrooms and stuff. It's really, it's really riveting stuff. When Lale was talking earlier about, you know, going from different countries and different cultures and even different neighborhoods in New York will take things differently. Um, how does traveling and touring and meeting all of the people I assume that you meet inform the comedy that you do? Oh, it's interesting because I feel like I'm always pleasantly surprised that wherever I go, there's people who um, like I, I don't think I have to change or shift really, because there's just people in every city all over the world who vibe with you and get you. And that's what's so fun about it is that you meet people who you would never normally cross paths with, who because of Instagram or whatever, you know, know your work and connect with it. And then you feel like you have a new friend. Yeah, I don't really ever alter myself or my material. Uh, I just kind of see what happens, you know. I mean, sure, sometimes like if I'm like in Scotland, I, I had a joke about Chipotle and they were like, we don't really have Chipotle. So I would just be like, okay, well, it's this. <laughs> Chipotle opened in London for the first time like a few years ago. And there yeah. was actually like a uh, queue down the street for it. It was well, it's a momentous delicious. occasion. <laughs> yeah, well, I joined really it. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, but audiences are so smart. So they can figure out, you know, what a fast casual burrito chain looks like in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so a few months ago, I um, saw you perform at Club Coming. And I actually oh, noticed 
there are a lot of Brits in the audience. Interesting. Um, which I was very intrigued by and felt very at home among. Oh, good. But, you know, it's such a amazing and intimate bar and performance space. And there are, I think we're lucky enough to have many of them in New York or around the country, but there are other similar places that I imagine are struggling right now and are going to struggle to maybe get back on their feet once some sort of normalcy returns and places start to open up again. What is the best way for people to be supporting these clubs that they love at the moment? Yeah, I was just going to say there's literally no place like Club Coming in New York and Alan Coming is like the nicest, most generous, coolest guy who just really believes in all the artists and all the talent there and lets them kind of have free reign over what they want to do. And yeah, everyone, all the bar staff and everyone works there is just a delight and everyone's, you know, laid off right now and not working and not getting money for shows and stuff. So they've started a Club Coming community chest and you can go on their website or you can donate directly to their PayPal. Their website is clubcomingnyc.com and you can go on the website and donate directly to the chest or you could buy some of their merch. They have cool t-shirts, they have cool bandanas, these cool like tumbler glasses and they're all illustrated by Alan's husband Grant who's this amazing artist and anything you buy those proceeds are going to go directly towards those who work in form at Club Coming and the if you want to donate to the PayPal the email is clubcomingnyc at gmail.com. What was the like progression of starting out in New York and then getting your show in Club Coming. Like, what was that? What did oh, that feel a like? A lot, a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I started doing like improv stuff at UCB, and then was doing like bar shows in Williamsburg, and then, then did some when I started doing the music stuff shows at the Duplex in the West Village, and then Club Coming opened, and that was when we did the weekly slot. I kind of started performing there right when it opened because my um, pianist, who I write songs with, Henry Kapersky. He played a gig at the club, like played piano for someone right when it opened. And we I've been looking for a place to do a weekly show. So he just asked. The club opened like in September and we did our first show there in October. So he was only around for like a, less than a month before we were doing uh, our show. And then we that was we've been doing it, you know, over two years now. And yeah, it's the best. I feel so lucky. I do not think I would be, you know, where I am now without that opportunity. And then I do the monthly show at Joe's Pub. Um, and that's with like a full band and it's just me. It's more formed. Whereas Club Coming is just kind of loose and fun. What were those sort of early days performing in clubs and bars like? I feel like pop culture always paints this very particular <laughs> picture. And, you know, I think um, shows like Marvelous Mrs. Meisel are really skewing people's ideas of um, <laughs> what it's like to move up in the comedy world. Like, what, what, what were those first performances like? Yeah, I think it's different for whatever scene you're a part of. But in my case, it was not like there was no like rude hecklers or like bullying. It was just like depressing because there'd be like two people there. So it wasn't that it was it was just more sad than it was like scary. <laughs> Do you think you'd take an empty room over an angry room? Oh, amazing question. I don't know. I've never really had to perform in an angry room, to be honest. I'm, I've been spoiled. I get some pretty nice crowds. Even in Edinburgh, people were like, be, be wary, like the drunk people are going to come in and frat boys are going to scream at you. But uh, it didn't happen. Everyone was pretty chill. Out of interest, um, what's Edinburgh Festival like? Oh my God, it's the best thing ever. I'm so sad it's not happening this year. I was going to go back and do like a reprise of my show from last year and a work in progress show. It's heaven. You just uh, perf you sleep all day, perform all night, hang out with lots of interesting, fun people. You're in the most beautiful city. 
It's really magical. Yeah, it's so fucking cool. When you go to those festivals, you know, you're talking about sleeping all day and performing all night. Do you actually have time to explore or is it mostly just work, even if work is super fun? Oh, um, it just depends. Uh, Usually there's not time to do anything or I'm not in the mood to do anything. I just kind of want to chill. I think we all put a lot of pressure on ourselves to like fill up our itineraries when we have like the opportunity to be in a place. And the reality is, is that you're working, you're on a work trip. So to actually find the time and energy to go and do anything beyond what you need to can be hard. Yeah, I, I definitely used to be more like that. And now I'm like, oh, just, you know, save the time for yourself and do something last minute if you want. But I'm like, yeah, like one of the first, one of the first traveling things I did was I went and did uh, Bonnaroo and did some sets there. And then I was like, and then I'll have like two days in Nashville just like to hang. And I was like, this sucks. I don't want to be here. I want to go home. <laughs> I was just like sitting alone in my hotel in Nashville being like, cool. <laughs> You're like, what did I, what did I do? I, that's such a bummer because Nashville is like one of my absolute favorite cities. Um, you got to tell me where to go next time. I got the hot chicken and I like sat by the pool, but so what, what more could you want? But um, a lot of cocktails and a bar where you both smoke inside and the same woman has been singing karaoke every single time I've been there for the past decade. Is this Santa's? That's amazing. I think yes, it's also it's hard when you're by yourself. Like if I have a friend in a city, like it's so fun. Like if I'm in London, I'll stay extra days because I have people to hang out with. But if I don't know anyone in the city, it's it can be a little depressing. When you travel for fun and not for work, um, do you always find yourself traveling with other people? Oh, my God. Well, I, after this past summer, after Edinburgh, I went to Italy alone because I'd never been. And <laughs> for like a week, I wanted to kill myself. I was so depressed. I Every time I try and travel alone, I'm like, this was a horrible mistake. Yeah, it's just more fun with friends. I've done two trips. I did Italy alone. I, w- I once went to Spain, Barcelona alone for like a week. And both times I was like, this is this week is the longest year of my life. What is it about traveling alone that you don't like? I think a lot of people sort of, especially kind of in recent years and talking about women, like focus on how traveling alone is this very empowering, like life affirming experience uh... and like everyone should do it. But <laughs> No, it sucks. And... <laughs> I think for me, it's like I'm just lazy and scared of everything. So I'm like, I like someone to tell me, okay, you have to be here at 10 a.m. because then I'll like enjoy my. But otherwise, if I'm alone, I'll just, I would just lay in my hotel room till like noon and be like, I guess I'll like walk around and then I'll be like too nervous to go somewhere. It's so funny. I get so shy about weird things if I haven't been somewhere before. It's embarrassing. I don't like the way I am, mind you. No, but I think there are plenty of women like eating, praying, loving. And I celebrate those women. But it's hard. And sometimes like, you know, I think you can, you know, you can be the most experienced sort of traveler and you can still sort of leave your hotel room and be like, where do I go? Yeah, I've just always preferred having at least one friend in a city or something, someone to have dinner with, whatever. You've been continuing with weekly performances on Instagram and you have such a great Instagram presence. Um, and it's been so, you're so welcome. Um, it's, it's been really great watching what you've been doing the past couple weeks with less opportunities around to be creative, but how have you been using your comedy to connect with people online at this point who are all around the world? Oh my God, I'm just like doing whatever makes me feel good and then posting about it so I feel less alone and hoping people connect with it. But uh, 
Yeah. Someone was like, do you feel like it's your duty right now to make people laugh? I was like, no, it's my duty to do whatever makes me feel like I'm not going to lose my fucking mind. And if it makes people laugh, bonus points. So, yeah. I think that's a good point because um, I was with someone the other day and they were saying that they felt a pressure to be volunteering and giving and thinking mm. all the time and uh, of others all the time. And I'm like, I get that. And that is important. And there is space for that. But also like, I need to be really selfish at the yeah. moment. Yeah. And like, just take care of basic shit, like cleaning my apartment and cooking and doing dishes, which is like stuff I don't normally think about. <laughs> How is adjusting uh. back to being in your house so often? I know. Um, well, I'm at my, um, my boyfriend's family's cabin in the Berkshires. Princess vibes. So I kind of feel like I'm on a fun vacation slash writing retreat. So it's kind of nice. Uh, we, before this, we spent two weeks in my apartment in New York City, which is like one tiny room with a mini fridge and like a, barely a kitchen. So that was really tough. Um, and I never cooked there. So that was an adjustment. But, you know, figured it out. Lots of one pot soups. I actually do like cooking. So it's kind of a fun opportunity what do you miss about being in new york now that you're out in the berkshires oh my god i just miss like i miss dressing up and seeing my friends and going to shows and just like just all the stuff everyone misses just like going to a bar and feeling like i'm part of uh the world (laughs) i um you know I miss like so many of the like spaces in New York, but I also just miss like the routine that those places give me the like walking to the subway and grabbing my coffee and, um, you know, going to work and then going for a drink after and still having that semblance of routine. Now you're kind of like confined to this, what sounds like a lovely cabin in the Berkshires. Um, how have you been? I know, I sound like such a fucking brat, and please keep that in. <laughs> but I know I sound like a little brat. And I want the listeners to know that I'm real, I'm relatable, and I'm raw. And please, please love me, because if yeah. you don't like me, I will care so much. Um, <laughs> how have you been trying to retain a sense of routine while you've been up in the Berkshires? Have you been, like, going for walks? You mentioned you've been cooking. Like, what are the things that have been sort of keeping you sane? Um, it's so hard. Like I'll do something for three days in a row and then forget. Like we were like, let's work out for 15 minutes every day. And we did it for like five days in a row. And now we're both just kind of like not talking about it. We sort of haven't acknowledged that we haven't worked out yet today. But, um, (laughs) we, I've been, I've been getting into watercolor painting. I'm actually, turns out amazing at it and I'm journaling and I'm trying, I haven't really gotten into reading yet. I brought all these books, but it's so hard to focus. My brain's just like, I started a Finsta because I was depressed. And so I've been sort of experimenting with that. That's the exciting stuff in my life. Do you feel like it's, this kind of goes back to an earlier question, but do you feel like people keep talking about using this time to be productive? Do you feel like it's easier or harder to be creative in this moment? I think it's always hard to be creative. So it's not easier, but I don't know if it's, I mean, in some ways it's harder Oh, it's always hard. So I that my answer is it's always hard and always feels bad. <laughs> but the rush when you do it, I mean, worth the high is worth the the low. Which you never remember when you're doing it, I imagine. Oh my god. I know it's like exercise. What the fuck? <laughs> Should I go work out after this or make a cocktail? Oh, uh, make a cocktail. It's five thirty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a cocktail every day at six PM. Yeah. I I <laughs> 
I like have the first one and I feel like fantastic. Yeah. And then I have a second one and I have to like go cry in the shower. <laughs> I know. <It's- laughs> what, what's your drink of choice? Um, a ma- dry martini with a twist. Um, in terms of when you are in the US, what have been some of the cities or towns that you like love going back to um, and that you found a sort of network of comedians or performers that um, you like to touch base with when you're passing through? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't tour as much in uh, as most comedians. Like there are people who are really on the road. That's really not my thing. I'm kind of a little princess. I feel like the places I go the most are LA and Chicago. And the scene in Chicago is so, so fucking fun and cool. There's a venue called The Hideout, which is like a rock venue that also does comedy. And I just feel really like at home there. And everyone who, you know, runs it and lives there is just really cool. So I always look forward to going back to Chicago. Who are some of the female comedians that you want to see perform when things open up again or that you just think people should check out right now? Absolutely. My favorites um, in New York, my favorites are Meg Stalter, Rachel Sennett, Sydney Washington. And then in L.A., my girls... Uh, Patty Harrison, Mitra Johari, Sarah Squirm. Yeah, those are the main ones that come to mind. But there's tons, tons of cool. A pretty stellar list. And um, when people are signing in, logging on, I'm 100. Um, (laughs) When people are going on to Instagram Live, when will they be able to find you? Uh, Yeah, I would suggest people tune into my Instagram Live show every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. EST. My handle's at Kat C. Cohen. And in the meantime, they can also listen to my podcast, Seek Treatment, on the Forever Dog Network, wherever they listen to their podcasts. And you can find me at Lale Hannah on Instagram. You can find me at Oh Hey There Mare. Be sure to check out a bunch of stories on womenwhotravel.com and follow us at womenwhotravel on Instagram. We will leave a link to sign up for our newsletter in the show notes. And we will talk to you next week. 